Hello, welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. I'm here with my co-host Bill Quinn. Welcome, Bill. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Todd. Thank you. So uh, we have a packed show again. The news cycle is fast and furious. It's a fire hose, and we're trying our best to keep up with what's going on in Georgia. And uh, wow, we're running out of time every show. This show is booked. We've got Mallory Staples, who's the state chair of the, uh, the Freedom Caucus. We've got Nate Kane, who is going to talk to us about Connick. And also Dr. Peter McCullough, who, uh, well, you know Dr. McCullough, and he'll have a lot of things to say about what's happening with COVID. We're brought to you by the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com. I want to say a welcome to the War Room Posse, to Caravan the Midnight audience, to Conservative Daily audience. We syndicate across all these channels. Welcome and thanks for listening. We do need your support. Go to the georgiarecord.com, georgiarecord.com, top right. Subscribe for no ads. Sign up for our no ad subscriptions. We really need your support. We broke huge stories today on Project Veritas at CDM and also on Ukraine and the House Oversight Committee. If you haven't seen those, please check Georgia Record or CDM.press. Massive stories and also the Project Veritas stories on ConnecticutSentinel.com. But uh, we are tip of the spear of the news. Literally, the stuff we reported two years ago is just now being reported by Daily Mail and others with exclusives. Uh, I, we kind of laugh here. But uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we're going to get right to the show. So go ahead, Bill, and uh, bring in our first guest. All right. Mallory, thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, thank you all for having me. I love being on your show. So this is a treat. Uh, that's very kind. So, um, gosh, a lot going on the last two weeks. Um, and uh, I, wanted, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about what you've got coming up. But let's get your, let's get your observations, if we can, to kick us off. What... What are you hearing both from the folks that you were talking to in the legislature and also grassroots folks around the state? I know you've got a lot of contacts. Well, I have to say, I, I really enjoy talking to the grassroots more than I do the legislators. So, <laughs> um, I'm going to go a little more heavy on that. No offense to the legislators. <laughs> um, but, you know, when it comes to authentic, um, you get that from the grassroots. And sadly, we rarely, if ever, get that from legislators. So I'm kind of an authentic sort of girl like you guys are. So um, the grassroots are, sorry, something's in my eye. The grassroots are absolutely beside themselves. Um, they're motivated. They're more and more educated every day. Um, and they're taking action. I mean, I think that's the big thing is they are absolutely taking action. And I know you, you guys can attest to this because you, you've been at it way longer than I have. You get a, previously, you would hear people complain a lot and complain and complain. They saw what was happening, maybe didn't completely understand it. They knew something was wrong and that mm -hmm. we were in a... Um, problematic era in our country, but they weren't sure what to do about it. And a lot of that is kind of peeling off. And we're seeing this much more targeted, um, concise, measured like response from the grassroots, which brings joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Um, largely my job as the Georgia director for the network is to educate the grassroots. I mean, quite honestly, I took this job because I got to work with the grassroots. I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that I'm technically a lobbyist and I'm down under the dome three months out of the year, um, primarily there to support obviously the Georgia Freedom Caucus. So I feel like that gives me some cred with the grassroots, but educating 
the citizenry, the taxpayers, the conservatives is the best job ever. And I'm here to tell everyone they're getting it. Like they get it. People are smart. They are literally tapping all of their resources, their time, their network, their money to get behind the what's the freedom fighters that we do have, the folks that are members of the legislative body that are stepping out. Um, they're getting um, more and more informed every day. And I mean, it is thrilling because just to look at the news feed is very depressing. So if there wasn't this like equal and opposite pressure, which is really what we call for and you guys call for, it would be very, very discouraging, but it's not at all. It's absolutely incredible. So they're, 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 they are like, tell us what to, to do, point us in the direction and we're going to go. And they are, have, I mean, they are calling their senators and going toe to toe on talking points. They are asking these people to sit down and have coffee. They are walking up to them when they see them in their districts and saying, hey, hold on a second. I just want you to, I mean, the courage that it takes to do that, to kind of push through that intimidation factor that mm -hmm. grassroots normally have, because previously we have assumed that people in office are somehow better or special and they're not, they're just normal people that got elected and they, they are coming face to face with that truth. And it's very empowering to them. And I literally hear stories all day long and I just want to stand up on my chair and cheer uh, because the grassroots are, that is who is going to save the state of Georgia are the grassroots. They are the heroes. It's largely why we're doing this rally tomorrow is to show them off, to, to give something back to them, to tell them how much we love them, to give them more information and to just bring everybody together. They're amazing. Well, the, the, empire, is kind of strike, the, the empire is kind of striking back. Are, are the legislators listening? Are they getting the, uh, the message? <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they're definitely getting the message. I don't know if they're listening, right? Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. But they are feeling the heat. The reports Important. we are yeah. getting are phenomenal as far as effectiveness, like gauging what does success look like for us and our initiatives mm -hmm. and these efforts we're taking. Mm -hmm. It looks like success. They are uncomfortable. They are being called out. They are facing not getting funds in their reelection campaigns that are all well underway, um, not getting votes. I, I mean, I can almost tell, I can almost say with confidence that every single district, Senate and House, in the state of Georgia wants to primary their elected official with the exception of like mm, three, four, wow. they're ready to go. And, and, and they're so incentivized to do that, that they're willing to even run themselves because normally <laughs> like good people want to be like, we need to find somebody good to run. Who could that be? Now they're saying, I will do it. Me and my dog could do a better job than my current state rep or house you know, senator. I will step forward and I will do it. And that is, that's, that's huge. Cause for three years we've had, who, when is somebody going to do something? And now right. it's, I'll and do it's something. It's like, I'll go yeah. send me, send me. Yeah. So, yes. So, yes. These last, these last couple of weeks have been amazing. Uh, there's a few of the, uh, few of the folks that never, ever in their life ever want to see another fish fry. You know? <laughs> <laughs> They're done with those. Yeah. So, and it's, if I, unless I missed my guess in, in our conversations together, you talked about, you know, stepping up from out of nowhere. It's kind of how you got going a couple of years ago, wasn't it? You yeah, kind of said, totally. I can't sit back anymore. 
That's right. I stepped out of my kitchen, homeschool mom, had been in ministry, yeah. um, just horses and goats and chickens and, you know, three beautiful children living a great life. And that thing inside me just snapped when I saw what was happening <laughs> to the America that I love. And every primal instinct kicked in that was like, you don't get my kids. You, you don't get the next generation. This has to be stopped. And that is literally the heartbeat of the grassroots. I think we're all, and I mean, I know you guys are, you have to be a generational thinker. You have to push past what is my comfort level right now? How is it going to change my life? What is it going to cost me? You have to push through that because they're coming for our kids. They want this generation. Yes. This is the whole point is to destroy our very way of life and a future America. They want to stop it right now so that it never continues. And, you know, they underestimated their reaction well, they were going to get. One point of view is like we've had a good life, right? And I mean, literally, our generation has had it pretty damn good. Yep. And but we now have to step up because now we have really a chance to 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 to, to save the republic. I mean, not many generations get that chance. That's right. So it's an honor. It's an it's honor. An honor. Yeah. yeah. And, and I it may not be may, it may not be fun at times, especially as we go forward from here. But but it is necessary, and it's you know we're we're playing on behalf of, uh, you know, the, our kids, our grandkids, you know, yeah. I've had, I've had conversations with folks and I've sent them a picture of one or more of my grandkids. And I said, this is what the fight's about. So that's right. Mm -hmm. And it is fun. I mean, honestly, I look at who I get to work with and I pinch myself, like even like Bill, I remember you and I had kind of communicated. I hadn't met you in person. I remember the first time I really met you in person. I think I almost shocked you. I'm super touchy anyway, but I like threw my arms around you when I saw you and I hugged you and you were kind of like, okay, but it's like, <laughs> we're, we're family. Like all of us that are in this fight, Gosh, we are family. I and think it's my, fun. And it's I think what fun. I was thinking is Canada tug. Wow. <laughs> I know this one does, but yeah. you know, it is fun and we are all yeah. so connected and I go around county to county to county to county and I walk in as the speaker and I leave and we're all friends. And I, you know, it's just, it's the most God ordained, like anointed kind of thing to be a part of. It's not just an honor. Um, it's, it's godly. There's something divine about what's happening, which only makes sense. Mm -hmm. He's a God of truth. He's the mm -hmm. God of freedom. Those were his ideas. That's where it came from. And so it's, it's really um, a bond. It's a real bond for the grassroots. And I think that's what's going to be on full display tomorrow in Liberty Square for everyone to see um, all the haters is mm -hmm. that um, we're family and the grassroots. We're not playing. We're not letting up. We're having a great time. I think it's going to be so fun. We have phenomenal speakers coming and um, and we have the grassroots. So if we all stood in a circle, it would be great, you know, but it's going to be yep. incredible. So is this going to be uh, in, in Liberty Plaza? Is it at the Capitol itself? Tell us how this is going to, going to be held. Yes. So the um, 11 o'clock is Colton's press conference. Um, mm -hmm. And that's in Club, the Coverdale building at 11, room 307. And so that, you know, a lot of the press corps will be there, obviously, Colton and, you know, kind of a hand few, handful of speakers. Then uh, the bigger event will be outside at Liberty Square at noon. And um, we'll have a, we have a list of incredible speakers and all the grassroots will be there. They're certainly welcome to come to the press conference. I think the room holds like 100. 
uh, people. So um, we'd love to have them there as well. I mean, we'll take the support. Um, we are going to, it'll be Colton, Charlie's representative, Charlie's bird, uh, mm -hmm. Bruce Lavelle will be there as well. And um, Blake Bassham, our legislative director and myself for the network and, um, and the press and whoever else wants to come in and then we'll go out and rally at noon with all the grassroots and a bunch of killer speakers. So yeah, that's great. We were, we were fortunate enough to have uh, Senator Moore and Charlize on last week. And uh, you know, you, you could just hear a sense of, you know, we're, we're getting past the rhetoric, you know, we're not, we're not here to talk about rhetoric anymore. This is about <clears throat> real stuff that people can see, feel, touch and judge on their own. They look at these indictments from Fannie. They look at, you know, now the stuff that's come out on Fannie's uh, uh, financing for her campaign, uh, you know, the, the report now on the, the, sh the sheriff of, of, uh, you know, Fulton. Oh my goodness gracious. What to make of these things, you know, so well, we won't go into they're, depth. They're, <laughs> they're, they're immoral, they're criminals, and they have access to millions and millions and millions of dollars of taxpayer funding. Mm -hmm. And that has to stop. And that's, that's, you know, that's the deal tomorrow. That that's the message. But yes, I, I watched that, that um, show. And that was just, you know, I always love y'all shows, but that was one of my favorites. I know I'm biased, but it was just, again, we're going back to authenticity. You could feel it. And, and, and Todd, you did that wrap up and you said, governor, this is wrong. You know, we'll give you a chance to step forward and you can be, I mean, just, it was so, it, it absolutely embodied what we're all doing this for and what we believe. And it was a real shot in the arm. Well, it's amazing when you, you know, when people shift from like praying for money or to keep me safe to like, tell me what to do today. I mean, yeah. that's a huge shift. It is. <laughs> you know? It is. And man, God loves that. He gets mm -hmm. so fired up. And, you know, I don't, I, I, I say this a lot. I don't do an interview or step out on a stage where I don't say, Lord, what do you want them to hear? Mm -hmm. I mean, I got nothing, you know, mm -hmm. I got nothing in and of myself. What is your messaging? Mm -hmm. And that's why there's going to be a big crowd there tomorrow is because this really is his show. Again, he is justice itself. He is truth itself. He is freedom itself. And it's for freedom's sake that we were made free. And so it is our job, you know, for those of us that are believers and we live in a Christian nation, that's our job. That is our job is to bring freedom. And so that's, that's what's, that's the fight. It is literally, will we be an enslaved people? Will we be an enslaved citizenry, further enslaved, I should say, yeah. or will we be free? And that's the battle. And it does make it all worth it, you know? Sure does. Um, let's see, any, uh, anything else that uh, you'd like folks to hear? How can they reach you if they're not already following your, your work from the Freedom Caucus, perhaps? Yeah, so there's two two avenues there. The Georgia Freedom Caucus has their own Substack, um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, which is absolutely on fire right now. Um, thank you, Colton. And then um, I, Mallory Staples, uh, you can find me on all those same platforms. I put my newsletter out very regularly on Substack, um, which the Freedom Caucus will publish as well. Um, those are great ways, great ways to reach out to me. And I am wanting to touch all 159 counties before session starts. Um, if, if any of your listeners have not um, 
had me come to their county, either GOP, women's group, church, mom's club. Like, I don't care. I will come be with the people anywhere. I'd love for them to reach out and say, hey, you know, there's a lot of us in my area. You know, let's let's join the team. So that'd be great. I'd be thrilled. That's great. Todd, any any other questions? No, thank you for coming on, Mallory. We'll have you back soon, I'm sure. All right. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow, Bill. And um, Todd, <laughs> God bless. Thank you all for having okay. me. I think all we right. call that a trial close. She's making sure that I'm coming. And yes, I, I am. am. We'll look forward to seeing you. <laughs> yeah, me too. Bye. Great guest. Very much so. All right. Uh, Let's see, we're, shall we go to, uh, and... Uh, yeah, uh, everybody knows Peter McCullough. Uh, yeah. Actually, we're gonna do, we're gonna have a quick break with our sponsor, David Cross. Okay. I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. So Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough is a friend of the show. Uh, we've had him on multiple shows on CDM many times. He's always a wealth of information. So we wanted to sit down with him and talk about the new COVID 2.0 and uh, what's coming our way. So run that interview if you could, Bill. Welcome back to Information Operation. We have a great friend of the show with us today, Dr. Peter McCullough. Welcome, sir. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So uh, we've had you many times in the past, but COVID has reared its ugly head again. There's a lot of news out there that it's coming back, that the Biden administration is buying contracts for PPE, et cetera, et cetera. What's going on out there, sir? Just when America thought we're, COVID was behind us, 97% of us have been through the illness, according to a report from Harvard uh, by Clausen and colleagues. Uh, you know, the hospitals have been empty for two and a half years. Uh, now there's concerns again regarding COVID. It's led by a new Omicron variant called ERIS or EG5. It's about 20% of all the cases and growing right now. The second one is an FL um, uh, Omicron subvariant. Hmm. The Biden administration has been uh, pushing new Pfizer and Moderna vaccines for B, uh, uh, Omicron XBB 1.5. That's already gone. That's already basically, you know, completely had its run and it's gone now. So the vaccines are hopelessly too late. Biden mentioned uh, recently that everyone was going to have to take one of these obsolete vaccines, whether or not they've taken one or, or, or not. There's tremendous resistance to the vaccines, Todd. A recent Kaiser yeah. Family Foundation poll found that 30 percent of people think the vaccines are so unsafe they've, they've caused thousands of deaths. Mm -hmm. So is this manufactured crisis or is COVID really out there or is it serious? Is it dangerous? I mean, what are your no, thoughts? There is a real mild outbreak right now. Uh, I've had multiple patient calls. Uh, we're mm -hmm. just using over-the-counter remedies now. No prescription drugs are needed, just uh, virucidal yeah. nasal sprays, yeah, which are working. Dilute povidone iodine, uh, xylitol, colloidal silver, uh, mm. scopolystyrene mouthwash. We do it frequently early 
we can get ahead of the virus. And then just mm -hmm. over the counter supplements, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, quercetin or, or turmeric, um, mm -hmm. and then famotidine. So I haven't had to prescribe any drugs, uh, which is mm -hmm. great. No pulmonary involvement, certainly no hospitalizations and deaths. At this point in time, there, uh, it's like a mild cold. Uh, right. There's no reason to shut down schools, lockdowns. We know masks don't work, and we certainly don't need an outdated vaccine. What would you say to parents? Um, you know, we have a Connecticut paper, and there's rumors that the school system here is going to, uh, you know, start masking. What would you say to parents? I mean, just refuse or pull your kids out, or what would you say? A far more effective strategy is to have the kids learn how to use the nasal sprays, a dilute iodine nasal spray. There's there's brands of them, uh, Cofix, RX, Clear, uh, colloidal silver brands. They're all perfectly fine and safe. Mm -hmm. uh, teach them how to do that. Gargle, teach a kid how to gargle. We think it, it can be done down to about age eight. Now we know children below that age fundamentally don't get sick at all. Mm -hmm. So uh, th there's no concerns. The, the parents wouldn't need to worry. The masks actually may make it worse because they're breathing the germs back in and you know, a lot of people are worried now that masks uh, will backfire. So I think a lot of parents are going to uh, resist this, uh, you know, tell the schools that, th that they're not going to go along with this. And, and hopefully we'll get through it without too much drama. Are, do you think this is another dip at the well for the vaccines financially? I mean, what, what do you think is behind this? Do you, any ideas? Oh, for sure. The Biden administration yeah. has already said that they've purchased more of these vaccines Remember, they're coded against XBB 1.5. So there was yeah. less than 5% of strains in mid-August. It's paid probably zero right now. And it has mm -hmm. no hope of addressing uh, ARIS or any of the new strains. These are so mild, we wouldn't have a vaccine anyway. I mean, people get common colds typically about four times a year. We don't try to, you know, chase that with a vaccine. So what threats are looming out there for the health for the population uh, in the next year or so? What, what, what is your best guess? I think the biggest threats are continued vaccine problems. The COVID vaccines mm -hmm. have resulted in record injuries, disabilities, and deaths. Our FDA tells us the vaccines cause heart damage or myocarditis. Now we're seeing cases of late cardiac arrest even two years after taking a vaccine. Recent really? autopsy study uh, I'm the first author on it. It's on the European Commission server right now. Record downloads show 73.9% of all the deaths after the vaccine that are unexpected. They're directly due to the vaccine. Uh, wow. We now have a paper under review in the cardiology literature showing the myocarditis is directly fatal by autopsy. So we're greatly concerned the biggest health problem is going to be COVID-19 vaccine problems. Uh, in addition, the vaccines cause uh, forms of ischemic or hemorrhagic stroke, blood clots. Never seen so many blood clots in my clinical practice. Mm -hmm. uh, today, the Biden administration announced they want Medicare relief for the costs of blood thinners because so many blood thinners are being prescribed uh, to patients of Medicare age group uh, be because of the vaccines. And uh, lastly, the vaccines cause immunologic problems that uh, I mm -hmm. think are going to continue to mount over time. What, I had a family member that was impacted possibly by the vaccines. What, and it was, we don't really know what caused the, the issues that were there, but what, how, it was very difficult to, to find out if there was a problem with the heart in a male. Um, so what, what is out there to, if a family thinks, well, my, my kid had this shot and he he's, may have some issues, what should they test for? Can you find it? I guess is the, the question. 
You can. Uh, we have several publications out in the preprint mm -hmm. service now showing the, the approach, but we start with uh, you know, history and physical EKG, blood tests, uh, troponin, mm -hmm. BNP, galactin-3, ST2. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, four blood tests that we do. Uh, an echocardiogram, which we can do in the office easily to see if there's fluid around the heart or, or mm -hmm. serious heart damage. And then we escalate to cardiac MRI. I don't think everybody needs one, but I can tell you, I've never ordered so many MRIs in my life uh, mm -hmm. because of the, the frequency of the heart damage. If there's myocarditis, they cannot play in sports they can't do military drills or other things. This is very important. If there's myocarditis and there's a surge of adrenaline, which happens between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in normal sleep, and it happens with uh, athletics, Todd, it triggers mm -hmm. cardiac arrest and death. Mm -hmm. And so we cannot. So the great concern is there's athletes out there with myocarditis. Remember, they looked for myocarditis during COVID in 2020. They didn't find any serious cases at NCAA, Big Ten, the Israeli military, U.S. military. They didn't find it. Uh, yeah. So we know that COVID itself doesn't cause serious myocarditis, but the vaccines do. And there's been well, thousands yeah. upon thousands of cases, to, you know, highest on shot two, sometimes on shot three. Ninety percent are boys or men. Peak age is 18 to 24. Uh, that's where people need to be looking for myocarditis. You're now with the wellness company. Do you want to tell us what the mission is and uh, what, what you guys are up to? Wellness Company is a leading alternative health system. So it has uh, health and wellness materials, nutraceuticals and supplements, doctors, telemedicine service, community dentists, community pharmacists. And it really is a terrific resource for people to have either as a supplemental on top of their health insurance uh, benefits. It's, it's a must for people without health insurance because they need yeah. affordable access to doctors and medications. Wellness company is taking a lead on treating COVID. So it'll probably be a go-to source as people fall sick with COVID and then treating the vaccine injuries. They have the best in class product for this called spike support. So it's natokinase plus uh, five minor ingredients. And then we add to that bromelain and curcumin that's called base spike detoxification. I have a paper that's gone absolutely viral in the last three days published by the journal, the association of physician and surgeons. It's also on the European Commission server right now, uh, but it's the first published approach, empiric approach to deal with the spike protein that's accumulating in the body after multiple rounds of COVID and multiple shots. So I'll just say real quick, we, we, we the wellness company is a sponsor of ours. And if you go to twc.health forward CDM and use promo code CDM, you can get a 10% discount. So tell us about the, uh, the emergency medicine kit. We've had a lot of interest in that. It's a, uh, I guess a lot of medicines that may be needed if, if the power goes mm -hmm. down or if people don't have access to a doctor in a crisis. It's true. This boy, the kit was well-timed. Uh, people mm -hmm. in Hawaii, elsewhere where there's crises, the kit has some basic antibiotics. It has some basic other things that people would need in it in the mm -hmm. setting of a crisis. You know, most emergency kits just provide Band-Aids and a few things, but you right. know, no, more, more days that people develop an acute infectious diarrhea or an upper respiratory tract infection, a minor uh, bacterial infection. It provides all the necessary things that one would need for you know, to survive, uh, particularly if there's a you know, power outage, can't get to your doctor. So a lot of people are stocking up. Um, many have, have stocked up on, you know, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, mm -hmm. stocked up on Paxlovid or Molnupiravir. They've, they've had other <clears throat> rounds of doses, which I think is fine. Prednisone, 
uh, certainly need aspirin. Uh, and of course, yeah. the nutraceuticals, uh, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, uh, curcumin. Yeah. So look what's in the kit. See what else needs to be added. Go to my website, PeterMcCulloughMD.com for the McCullough Protocol and now the base spike detoxification protocol. Great. So we'll put that out there. So uh, last question. Let's talk about the healthcare system. Uh, it's obviously in need of some kind of re-engineering. I mean, it, it's broken. People don't trust the doctors anymore. Where would you have people go to get just good health care? I mean, I know the wellness company, but do, do they need insurance? Should they just get catastrophic insurance? I mean, what do you do? You have any thoughts on that whole system? It's too hard to guide people right now since we're in yeah. flux. I really have to yeah. see when the medical system turns. You know, we've written formally American College of Cardiology to have them re-examine mm -hmm. their stance on the vaccines. No response. It's huh. not, you know, just stonewalling. Uh, letters wow. of concern, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology doing the same thing. Uh, you know, until these societies become responsive to safety concerns, uh, mm -hmm. until they become responsive to people falling sick with COVID-19, people are going to be on the scramble. Many go to the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons website mm -hmm. for the roster of doctors there, independent doctors who are treating patients. FLCC, Frontline Critical Care mm -hmm. Alliance, is another one. Mm -hmm. MyFreeDoctor.com. Uh, but, you know, the orthodoxy in medicine still has not come around to treating patients with COVID-19 mm. and also recognizing that the vaccines cause injuries, disabilities and deaths and doing something about vaccine injury. So until yeah. those things happen, Todd, you know, Americans are very frustrated. Yeah, they, they really are. Doc, thank you. I, I know you're busy, so I'll yeah. cut you off there. Have a good day and thanks for coming on. OK, thanks for having me. Take care. Dr. McCullough is always extremely informative. Great interview. I always like talking to him. Um, regarding what we spoke about, which is the uh, the wellness company, who is a sponsor of ours, and I want to hold up their emergency medical kit. This is what it looks like, and it's full of medicines, and it's a range of antibiotics and other drugs that you may need. Uh, you know, I'll read some of them, amoxicillin, uh, or azithromycin, doxycycline, or ivermectin, and many other drugs that can treat basic illnesses that you may get if you don't have access to a doctor. So we're seeing uh, families stock up on these. One of these is enough for one adult in an emergency. So we're seeing families getting multiple of these. If you go to twc.health forward slash CDM, you get a discount. Uh, it's 10% and use promo code CDM. That's twc.health forward slash CDM. We all know something's coming. We all know the big one is coming. Uh, they're going to have to do something prior to the election. We all know there's a threat of no power, of, of being able to survive and support your family. So make sure you got what you need. You know, I was uh, during the first pandemic, we had a family member who w got really sick with the virus, needed drugs, needed hydrochloroquine or ivermectin, and the pharmacy wouldn't give it to him unless he said it was for lupus or something like that. So you're going to need these drugs if we have an emergency. Go to twc.health forward slash CDM. Use promo code CDM for a 10% discount. And we have a quick video of Dr. McCullough talking about the spike protein because long-term damage from the vaccine and even COVID itself, the vaccine makes this spike protein in your body for a long period of time, and it's a toxin. And so how do you detox from that? So you want to run that video, Bill? Yep. Oh my God, I took the vaccine. I took the shot. What do I do to protect myself from these from the aftermath? And you just gave a program that, that you're that you're suggesting mm -hmm. to people. Can you say it again, please? Yeah, we have a major paper that's been accepted now for publication. Will come out 
Base spike detox means it's a base of therapy. You can add other things to it, but we think it's necessary in everybody. We need two ways to degrade the spike protein, get it out of the body. First is natokinase, N-A-T-T-O-K-I-N-A-S-E, 2,000 units twice a day. The second is bromelain, 500 milligrams once a day. They both degrade the spike protein different ways. They accelerate the, the, um, the clearance of it together. And the last is something to reduce inflammation and spike protein damage. That is curcumin, either in the nano or liposomal form is fine. Curcumin, 500 milligrams twice a day. All of these are available over the counter. They are readily available. And I can tell you, people ought to get going on this because these syndromes, as we're finding out, are bad. Look at these cardiac arrests, major blood clots, people going down. It's because the spike protein is not being cleared out of the body. People can take uh, control of their own bodies and get after this. So again, you can get this at the wellness company, their formula for despike uh, detox, uh, and that's TWC dot, or excuse me, twc.health forward slash CDM and use promo code CDM for a 10% discount. So thank you for that, everyone, for uh, supporting our sponsor and protecting your family from whatever is coming. Bill, we've got another guest, Nate Kane. I think I have to bring this one in. Um, okay. Nate was involved. He's he's a well. I'll let him. I'll let you tell or let him tell his background. But he was involved in the whole Conic affair, and I, we thought it would be interesting for Georgia residents to listen to this. Nate Kane, who I've known for some years as a fighter in the election integrity and freedom movement, welcome to the show, Nate. Hey, thanks for having me on. So you are running for West Virginia too. Uh, in the GOP primary, and uh, I want people to know why they should vote for you. So uh, go ahead, give us the overview. Sure. So um, for those that may not know uh, my background, uh, five years ago, it was maybe a little bit over five years ago, I was a an FBI whistleblower, mm -hmm. um, really the first one actually to come out um, using the uh, the Intelligence Community Whistleblower Protection Act, and I blew the whistle on Uranium One, uh, Hillary Clinton and her involvement with that and uh, money laundering and primarily the FBI's cover up of all of that. And so uh, it was a, a very scary experience, but it was one that I knew, you know, I had um, sworn an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United right. States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And there was clearly a domestic enemy here. And uh, so I was uh, compelled, if you will, to to do that. Um, ended up uh, being raided by the FBI about four months after I finished uh, going through the process. It took about a year. And I'll spare the details because it, it's a long story. But yeah. anyone that needs to get into the details of that, you're more than happy to um, go onto my, my um, website uh, for my campaign. I've done probably over 100 hours of interviews that I've put up on there on the media section. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, after that, you know, I kind of passed the uh, the sniff test with the with the Trump administration, I guess. So so when the 2020 um, uh, election, um, you know, happened and uh, you had the debacle, you know, afterwards, it was uh, uh, I think it was, you know, I, I got a phone call from my lawyer who was my whistleblowing attorney. And he said, hey, um, just so you know, you're going to get a call from the White House and they're going to ask you to come down uh, to help out with uh, election integrity stuff. And I, I thought it was just going to be like a one-time meeting. Mm -hmm. I get down there, uh, met at uh, Steve Bannon's office, and uh, was supposed to meet with uh, Peter Navarro, but he was unable to make the meeting because it was, it was to formulate a team to help um, provide information to, to him mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and to the White House staff. And so 
uh, we started working on election integrity stuff, but I got told, oh, hey, um, do you have your bags? Because uh, we're going to a hotel. So two and a half months later, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm basically, you know, into this thing up to my eyeballs uh, going through information. And uh, it was uh, it was quite uh, quite an experience. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out the way that we'd hoped. Uh, there were, I think, 57 court cases that were brought. Yeah. And out of those 57, not a single court allowed for a evidentiary hearing. And of course we had a lot of evidence that we had yeah. brought forward that was solid, you know, solid uh, evidence of violations of records management, uh, you know, uh, which fell under the 1968 uh, civil rights act where they were destroying records that were needed and necessary in order to conduct a proper audit. And there were also um, the system certifications uh, you know, which were required for these systems to be used in elections, of course, you know, they did not meet the standards. And so we tried to bring these things forward and, um, and pretty much it, it got ignored. Uh, I don't think a judge in the land wanted to, you know, be uh, responsible for overturning, you know, uh, the election. And I think that's, you know, all of that stuff's coming back out now in much <clears throat> detail. And that's so right. we're going to round two here. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out in the courts for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. And I mean, clearly, I think it was like Pennsylvania. Um, you know, they had a case that went before their Supreme Court there that mm -hmm. that it, it was determined that what the governor had done up there was completely illegal and unconstitutional. Um, and how, you know, they basically he changed the rules, which the only people that can make those decisions is the legislature, not yeah. the executive branch. But, you know, they didn't go back and reverse anything or change anything because, you yeah. Know, that, that would have taken that would have taken courage. But, you know, of course. Well, uh, we'll so, see how much courage we're going to have for sure, because, you know, Florida's we've got them caught in Florida, Georgia, uh, as you know, yeah. you've been Arizona. Um, it, it's fascinating, all the stuff that's coming out. So are you still involved in that movement or are you focused on um, the campaign now? Well, so I am in a sort of uh, slightly different way. Um, as you know, when I was doing that work down there, I, mm -hmm. I ended up starting my own company. Mm -hmm. um, I did. I continued to do some election integrity work afterwards. Um, I, I was hired by Judge Gableman up in Wisconsin to assist mm -hmm. him up there. Um, my role up there, though, was more of like a technical advisor to him as he's interviewing, you know, these different people as he was yeah. looking into election integrity. Uh, he needed somebody on the scene that, you know, understood this stuff and understood the technology behind it to kind of mm -hmm. you know, see who was blowing smoke, see who was legit. So I was up there helping him with that. Um, I continued to do a little bit of extra stuff. And then um, one of the guys that I had worked with on uh, election integrity, uh, he asked me, uh, I, got a, I got a message from him. This was, you know, some months ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was involved in a case where he was... Uh, looking into something uh, that was related to a company called uh, uh, Conic mm -hmm. and uh, they were based out of Michigan. And so um, I got pulled into that. And so my company actually was hired by Los Angeles district attorney's office uh, Bureau of investigation to be mm -hmm. on scene for the search warrant and arrest warrant of Eugene U. And uh, we were there. Uh, we did the cyber forensic capture um, we collected, uh, you know, data on scene. And then afterwards, um, we were contacted by the investigating officer and asked to, um, to utilize our skills, uh, to do a capture, uh, remotely, you know, through, uh, mm -hmm. these, they had, uh, they had a, a basically a, a confidential informant that 
um, provided all of the credentials to, you know, to their, their connections in the cloud. And so, so I put, I assembled a team of, of cyber protection guys that, you know, I, I worked with and that I knew, and, mm -hmm. uh, and these are guys that are trained in some of the best techniques and, you know, including um, one of them is, uh, you know, he was a, a FBI cyber uh, security forensics specialist and another mm -hmm. guy, a DEA. So they, they understood not just how to do the work, but also how to do it in a way that it could be used in court. So we did all of our work. Um, we provided all the data and then I got stiffed on payment by uh, LA right. County uh, to the tune of about 87, you know, $88,000. So oh, I've always wondered about that whole situation because LA is obviously, you know, commie central. And yep. so then you have Conic, which obviously was CCP. And, and, yes. and, and so it's, in, you know, we've been heavily involved in reporting on that in Georgia, but so the, was it just a situation that maybe some of the underlings were trying to do the right thing and the leadership just yes, destroyed them? Yes, that that's that exactly what happened. So this yeah. case was not brought by Gascon. It was brought yeah. by a grand jury. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, the uh, DA can't deny, you know, if a grand jury brings a case, they bring the case. They have mm -hmm. to, you know, take it. And mm -hmm. so Eric Neff, who is the deputy or assistant um, DA, he was a, you know, he was a decent guy and he was mm -hmm. the one that pressed forward with things. Of course, you know, we got all of our data, we provided it. And then the first thing that knew, I knew there was a problem was when they dropped the charges against Eugene Yu. Yeah. Um, and actually the first thing they did was they moved the date. So he was supposed to be arraigned prior to the election and they moved the date till after the election. And I thought, well, okay, that's reasonable. You don't want to interfere with you know an election and mm -hmm. you know and, and cause um you know a big scandal or something so but then after the election then they dropped the charges and um and they didn't drop it with malice so they could still bring the charge but the way they do you know what they do and what they're doing there is they essentially say we're still going to hold this so that we can you know bring charges at a later date but the reality is they're just going to run out the clock with you know reference to the statute of limitations and so yeah. Uh, so they, they let him go. Um, of course, uh, he, you know, he ended up leaving and going to Malaysia, I believe. And so he's not in the United States. So good luck ever getting him back here uh, yeah, because you know, I don't, I don't know that we have an extradition treaty with Malaysia. Um, but uh, the fact is, is that we had evidence. We found solid evidence of people's PII data. And these mm -hmm. are poll workers, election judges, um, you know, their personal private information found on servers in China. We mm -hmm. found China developing the software uh, and they had a Chinese contractor doing all of the software development for their system, which is illegal under 13 uh, uh, CFR chapter seven, which you know, basically says you cannot have any um, uh, any supply chain uh, that is done by foreign adversaries on systems that are used for national critical infrastructure. And of course, election systems were deemed national critical infrastructure by, um, by Jay Johnson you mm -hmm. know, back during the Obama administration. And I think that was actually a, a, the right decision. Yeah. Um, but, but it basically, you know, the, these guys were violating the law there. Uh, the issue for LA County is it was a contract dispute because their contract stated that the PII had to be maintained in the U.S., and that uh, no work could be done by, you know, a foreign uh, entity, you know, for, you know, for the development of their software. They were, you know, saying that the software had been developed in the U.S. when it clearly was being 
uh, if not originally developed, it was being maintained by a contractor. You know, the, all the software upgrades and things like that were being done by these Chinese guys. And um, and when we looked into it, we found enough enough information there that it looked you know it looked uh, suspiciously like a Chinese intelligence operation because yeah. the company in question actually had ties to the CCP, and uh, which we found you know when we were looking in, into things. So eventually I turned over my information to um, DCSA, which is the Defense Counterintelligence Agency or Counterintelligence Security Agency. Uh, as a cleared contractor, I, I had no no choice, but you know, I'm obligated yeah. to report these things. Uh, they had their analysts look at it and they determined that there was enough there there to ask the FBI to investigate. And of course, you know, I don't expect the FBI to do anything. Right. Uh, you know, I don't have a very, a very high opinion of them. So for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but uh, nonetheless, uh, that's where we are with that. And, you know, there's I can't really get into it any more than that because there's some ongoing litigation related to it. But um, I'm not really too involved in that. I've got lawyers that are working on that and my business partner who's working on that because I'm mainly focused on campaigning. And yeah. so. Uh, so I'm running for uh, for office in uh, West Virginia. This is for the U.S. House of Representatives. And, you know, how that came about was, you know, after my whistleblowing and getting raided by the FBI and having them you know, try to destroy me, uh, I decided, you know, I I'd rather live somewhere where, uh, you know, I can, um, you know, conceal carry and have mm -hmm. freedom and, and mm -hmm. not worry about, you know, somebody trying to kill me or poison me or things like that. Sure. And so we up and moved because I got doxxed and all of that. And um, we went to uh, moved out here to West Virginia uh, to what I affectionately call the free state of West Virginia. Yeah. And um, I love it here. And we've been here for three years now. And uh, it has wow. just been a wonderful experience living here. And uh, so, yeah. So when I came down there to D.C. to help out with the election stuff, um, I had already moved to West Virginia at that time. Interesting. But, but so we've been here for, I had no intention or desire really to go into politics. Um, you know, in fact, the, the last place that I wanted to be was in Washington, DC, you know, and, um, but uh, in November of this last year, you know, I was with my family and we were just praying. I was pretty disappointed over the election results. I felt like yeah. a lot of the same things that went on in 2020 happened again. And, um, and so, especially like Arizona, that was just so obvious. And um, so I ended up just was praying with my family and I said, you know, Lord, I pray that you'd raise up righteous men and women to run for office. Mm -hmm. And I heard that still small voice in my head say, well, what about you? Send me. Said, oh, yeah. No. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. God, hold on. <laughs> it can't, you know, I've had that voice too. Else, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, and I remember, uh, you know, I, I thought for a while there, you know, I, I thought about it and I'm like, you know, I don't even see a, a route. I couldn't run for state, you know, for state office because I'm a working contractor. So I own my own company, but I'm basically I'm required to be there on the job, you know, for eight hours a day. And so for me, taking time off, we have a part time legislature. It, it was not really an option for me. So mm -hmm. so you had the, the Senate and you had the you know, and U.S. Uh, House of Representatives. But the Senate in West Virginia, they have a requirement for five years. Uh, you have to live here uh, residency. Mm -hmm. So the only option really was Congress. And Alex Mooney had just won re-election by, you know, by like 70, 70 something percent, um, you know, had a really, you know, good turnout. And, and they had also, um, you know, he's got a conservative voting record and I wasn't going to try to go up against that. And so I just made a deal with God. I said, Lord, 
I said, if you want me to do this, you're going to have to create a path. And I don't see one. I said, but if you create a path, then I'll run. And, uh, and I thought I you know, was smart and I thought I had bought surprise, myself surprise. <laughs> six to eight years and God has a sense of humor. Uh-huh. Two days later, literally I'm on my computer typing into Google, um, you know, Alex Mooney's name because I needed to pull up something because actually this conic stuff was something that I felt like his office needed to know about, you know, as a matter mm-hmm. of national security. And so I was typing in his, you know, uh, his name and it dropped down, you know, the little drop down pops up and it says two seconds ago, Alex Mooney announces he's running for the Senate against Joe Manchin in 2024. Wow. And so my heart just sank and I was like, no, <laughs> but uh, it is, you know, I started off this thing really is more of like an act of obedience and mm-hmm. not really something that I was wanting to do, mm-hmm. um, but it has turned into something that I'm excited about. And where that has come about is as I've gone out and started talking to people and meeting people from all over the Northern half of the state, I've just met some of the most amazing, wonderful people, you know, in West Virginia. And I, I mean, I knew that West Virginia was a good place to live. Like when we moved here, we moved here primarily because the people here hold the same values that we hold, you know, my, my family, my wife and I were both Mm -hmm. Christians. We both, you know, believe in, um, you know, liberty and freedom and, you know, we don't particularly like the government telling us what to do. And and that pretty much sums up all of West Virginia for the most yeah. part. Bring that out, Bill. Yeah, you can bring that out. That's the end of the interview. I cut the clip. You can hear the whole clip at uh, Information Operation on CDTV. If you go to cdm.press at the top, you can drop down with all our shows. And uh, the whole interview with Nate Kane is there. Fascinating individual. I met him several years ago and We've communicated off and on since. Uh, Bill, I want to talk about real quick about our other sponsor, Beef Family Farm Beef Box. We had Glade Miller Smith on last week or last Sunday, and he got he was so surprised. He got so many emails from Georgia saying, "Wow, I saw you on the Georgia show, and uh, tell me about your beef." <laughs> so he, uh, it, it was thank you to our audience for supporting FamilyFarmBeefBox.com. If you want to provide Really high quality beef. I, I'll give you a story. We cooked a bunch of steaks over the weekend, and it's uh, Wednesday now. And we had put them in the in the in the fridge, and we pulled some of them out because we didn't eat them all today, and just heated them up, and they were still spectacular, still tender. It really makes a difference when you get this stuff straight from the farm. No mRNA. You don't have to worry about um, you know poison in your kids. But fill up your freezer with familyfarmbeefbox.com, and I'm telling you, you won't regret it. Uh, it's fantastic product. And with that, Bill, uh, we, I think we have a discussion we want to do. Yes. So there's, there's several topics, um, one of which came up in just the last couple, two and a half hours or so. And I want to say thank you to one of the uh, one of the notable patriots out there that uh, got a document to me that I found astounding and concerning, um, and we're able to talk about it tonight. So thank you for that. Um, you'll recall to set this up. You'll recall that a lot of people raised their voices against one of the bills during the last legislative session, HB five twenty. Lots of concerns around it. Um, seemed to allow folks to be. Um, put under mental evaluation, maybe treatment without their consent under certain circumstances, uh, 
as it began, it would uh, allow that to be done with uh, affidavits that would then have the names of the people saying that someone was in need of help. They'd have the names removed. So you'd never be able to tell who essentially had you uh, put in a mental institution. And so there were a number of concerns about it. One of those was um, a set of uh, instructions around something called GDAC, the uh, Georgia Data Analytic Center. And along with the rest of the bill, that was defeated. Well, last week was a very interesting week for the governor of Georgia. He went to the extent of saying, oh, we're not going to have a special session to look into Fannie Willis, even though she's got indictments against people for tweets and text messages and scheduling rooms and so forth. And he just flatly says, we're not, we're not going to do a special session. But apparently on Friday last week, he executed an executive order that in effect activates the provisions, most of the provisions of GDAC. So now with his signature, um, the data that resides in any of the agencies that are covered by this uh, executive order can be shared among other agencies. Um, who could it be shared by? Well, the governor gets to determine that. Um, there are some specifications, but it also says, or by executive order. Um, what can they share? They can share whatever they choose to form an agreement to share, it appears. Um, what happens if they disagree? Well, guess who gets to break the tie? The governor. So in one fell swoop, something that the people said we don't want has now been put into place with a stroke of a pen from the governor of Georgia. I guess he took a, a line from Obama. I got a pen and a phone and I'll do what I want. Uh, kind of, kind of. It, it, it is, um, it's quite concerning. And it, if you compare it to everything else that went on last week, oh, no, we're not going to have a special session. I don't see any evidence that Fannie Willis's conduct or actions needs to be looked into. Yet here we go and we, we make this sweeping um, you know, uh, move with regard to data, data interchange, data transfer. Um, and one of the most uh, concerning parts for me is um, it, it alludes to the fact that some data may not be um, able to be or, or open for disclosure. Um, and even if it's transferred, it may, that doesn't change its ability to have that disclosed. So, for example, if something's not for disclosure, by transferring it to another agency, isn't that disclosing it? It would seem to me it would be. So this whole thing is, is very concerning and, and especially concerning in light of, you know, the stance on Fannie and um, you know, the horrific well, information that came out on Fannie at the end of the week, thanks to, to you and the rest of the CDM team. It's dictatorial. I mean, uh, you know, this is something the legislators, legislature should have put forth. And obviously he didn't get what he wanted because the people stood up. So he's just ramming it through himself. I wonder if this is constitutional. I wonder if there needs to be lawsuits filed. Are there monies behind this that need to be appropriated? I mean, th all, this needs to be looked at and we're going to stay on this story for sure. All good questions. So folks are already looking into this and thinking about the implications. Mm -hmm. When, when I think back to other cases where something like this has been done, it's not often what's in the document. It's what's unsaid, but 
facilitated mm -hmm. by the document that may be the most concerning. So we will yeah. see in, in the coming days as people have, have time to see more of this. Notably, one thing that I found funny, um, Kemp got a lot of press last week and people were really paying attention to everything he did. Yeah. Except they didn't pay attention to this. S tried to sneak it through. Isn't maybe that during, funny? Maybe during the feast, fish fry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So there's, there's my, uh, there's my in, immediate rant on this thing that happened. The other thing I wanted to spend a moment on was uh, let, just to go back to a bit of what we covered with um, Dr. McCullough. Mm -hmm. There is the uh, clear potential that we are moving back to a situation where those in power, uh, call them the elites, call them the, you know, the, the government, quotes, unquotes, um, may be trying to push down on us the notion that, oh, gosh, we've got a new strain of COVID. And if folks are watching carefully, some of the story that we're seeing is, um, oh, gosh, well, if you... Even if you had COVID before, you can get this new strain. It's even more, you know, potentially more virulent. Um, if you've gotten the vaccines before, you may be more up to get this new type of COVID. All kinds of unusual things. Yeah. And I, I want to put up just a couple of things, but I want to encourage people when they hear this stuff, pause, think. Think what your family's been through. Think what other families have been through now that we've had time to actually see what happened. Think, think about what Dr. McCullough, who's seen thousands of cases, said in his, um, in his segment tonight. Folks have, folks have uh, passed away, and they believe that some of this is being caused by vaccine injury. Some of it's being caused by perhaps other things that we were told to do that um, you know, that caused other types of illness. Masks is an example. Uh, I know that um, certain mama bears around the country have said their kids have gotten sick from things like staff yeah. because they've been keeping their masks, masks on all the time. So lockdowns too. Yeah. Yep. So just as a couple, couple data points, uh, here's a, a note from uh, Dan Bongino's um, uh, Truth Social talking about Fauci being confronted with a study that says, Masks don't stop the spread of COVID. Um, some people have compared it to trying to stop a mosquito with a chain link fence. Um, here's one from John Sullivan talking about, you know, uh, a, a notable doctor saying, hey, don't stop your life because of COVID. Um, at the end of the day, the folks that, uh, that took reasonable common sense measures, listened to what was working for other people, did uh, in many cases very, very well goes right back to the kit that uh, um, Dr. McCullough and the wellness company are now offering, goes back to the other things that uh, he suggested to detox the spike proteins from your body. And then most notably, uh, Trump himself came out. And from a, you know, from a freedom standpoint, his guidance was, and there's a video, I did not download it for tonight, but we probably will play it at some point. You know, for every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, hear these words, we will not comply. And so when I think of all of this, kind of kind of makes me think of uh, when I was younger and there was a particular band that I liked at the time and they had a hit song and it was, we won't get fooled again. And so I think that may turn out to be one of our themes as we go forward. So definitely. Well, anything else, Bill? 
Isn't that enough? <laughs> I think that's enough. I want right. to put in one more plug for our no ad subscriptions. We need your support, really. We're putting out all these stories. We have reporters around the world. We just broke a major story from Ukraine. That takes people on the ground, boots on the ground, uh, money for travel, uh, money to pay reporters, money to pay writers. And, and, and we simply need your support. So please go to georgiarecord.com or cdm.press, top right corner, subscribe for no ads, or any of our ad articles have a, a subscribe button at the bottom. You can also donate directly to CDM if you want on our main menu. And uh, also don't forget about my pillow. If you have college kids, I know the school is starting. They all need stuff. Mike has over 600 products. Don't buy from the, the Chinese crap that turns yellow after you wash it. Uh, uh, buy the, the good American-made product uh, from MyPillow.com. Use promo code CDM and get the best discounts from sheets to towels. Uh, you know, I just put uh, two people in an apartment, uh, two of my children, and, and it's expensive. And MyPillow can help you a lot with high-quality stuff that won't turn yellow and is uh, greatly priced. So with that, that's it, Bill. We'll see you Sunday at 2 o'clock. And we got a great show already packed. So That's great. We'll see you then. All right. Bye. <laughs>